Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Cleveland. This is Anderson Varejean of the Cleveland Cavaliers. You are listening to the Sports Fix. You are the voice of the Sports Fix. So pick up your phone now and call 216-539-7535. 216-539-7535. Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, the Sports Fix at AOL.com. That's the Sports Fix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. Live in Ohio, it's time to get your fix. The Sports Fix. All right, we're underway. Uh, So far, so good. Sorry for the delay here, guys. For those of you that don't follow on social media, you may be unaware, but it took us a few minutes to get on the air. It was an adventure, but perhaps... It, you know, we, we've come to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or so I would hope, because we maybe got some things straightened out today. We're going to see. It appears the phone lines may be working at the same time as the actual radio show. And if you'd have known the debacle this morning, seriously, you know, you fix one thing and another thing goes. It was like that. I was flipping out. However, staying calm of mind and being a steady hand i was able to steady the ship we got it rolling and i think things are good not only here but perhaps going forward for those of you that are regular listeners of the sports fix you know we've been dealing with all kinds of issues but perhaps we may have finally started to uh, to get to the head of the monster here so we'll find out i'm looking forward to it welcome in if you're still with me many of you may be just now tuning in as i'm sending out word across the social media channels that we are indeed on the air we are live and uh, i don't have to i don't have to strangle no i don't even want to if i say the wrong thing people will take it wrong i was gonna joke and say hey i don't have to go beat my kids or something but then somebody may take me seriously so uh i don't have to go get mad and and uh and uh, take it out on any office furniture or anything like that and we are rocking and rolling and i'm very glad too because today nothing 
excuse me, not only midweek, hump day edition of the show. And, and I'm, I'm going to be surprised as we go along to see what uh, sorts of things pop up because I fixed as many as I could along the way here. But who knows what may happen. But we're going to roll with the uh, roll with the punches here. We've got Dan Wismar from Everybody Hates Cleveland. He's going to join us here today. Tony Brown, the play-by-play man for the Lake Erie Monsters, also in the house today. So I definitely wanted to make sure. I was sitting here. T-minus five minutes to go before we kick this bad boy off live and I was I was sure that we were going to have to blow today out because it was looking very grim very quickly but we got it we got it turned around we got the ship righted so here we go let's have some fun you guys ready to rock I know you are because you waited 10 minutes for us to start the show if you're listening on digital delay you're like I didn't wait at all so let's get rolling welcome in to the sports fix I am your host the big daddy on the microphone J-Rock Jerry Myers here with you as we are each and every time we crack the mic live across the radio network. Maybe you're listening live on TuneIn, TuneIn's radio app, digital app, mobile app. Maybe you're on Spreaker or Mixler. Their respective digital and mobile apps are over in the Mixler chat room. Always good to talk to my guys over there. Perhaps you're listening live on Spreaker, on, or excuse me, on our website, the home the home base, thesportsfix.net. Uh, I'm back here checking everything. Looks like we're good to go. I'm happy. Perhaps there's a smile on my face, although... Uh, you know, it only takes one second for that to turn around. To make up for the delay, I'm going to shorten my opening segment, take a phone call or two. I'm going to get Dan Wismar in a little bit earlier than usual for those of you listening now than, uh, than it would have been on the show. Then we'll get rolling. We'll get Tony on. So welcome in, however you're listening. Perhaps you're one of the thousands listening on delay, on digital delay, 24-7 around the world on places and sites like iHeartRadio, the world's largest internet radio provider, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, all the different places that you guys do the thing and listen to the show and get your fix. Thank you so much. As I say each and every time, without you, nothing happening here with you. We got a little something going on and be a part of it. Phones are open. 216-539-7535. I lied on Monday when I said the phones were open. I thought they were open. You guys were calling in. I was answering the calls and I'm like, man, why does everybody keep hanging up? As soon, what, what is this? Why Nobody wants to talk to Jerry. They want to call, but they don't. Am I getting pocket dialed? What is going on here? Turned out, obviously, if you were listening, uh, we had to get Dan Wismar in on the cell phone because we were having problems with Skype, which to come full circle to how I started this program, that was the problem I was initially fixing this morning that led to all kinds of rabbit hole issues later on and almost cost us today's episode. But it appears things are working, so if you tried to call on Monday, and couldn't get through, I apologize. The phones are indeed open today. 216-539-7535 is the number to call. 216-539-7535. I'm going to take calls early and late in the show, middle of the show. We've got Dan. We've got Tony Brown from the Monsters. First segment, I'd like to keep the phone calls talking some Cavs. We'll talk some World Series here, kicking things off. If you want to get in on anything else, I'll go open phones at the end of the show. Again, it's 216-539-7535. 216-539-7535. Can't get to the phones. Don't want to call. Perhaps you're sitting at work listening to the show on your phone. Use your social media. Hit us up. Facebook. Twitter email facebook.com slash the sports fix Twitter at the sports fix CLE email the sports fix at AOL.com facebook.com slash the sports fix Twitter at the sports fix CLE email us 
the sports fix at AOL.com. As I've heard from many of you guys across social media since Monday's show, I've asked you to give me your thoughts and picks and predictions on the Cavs. Heard from a lot of people. At the average, I did some math here. I know I was doing some uh, advanced calculus or doing all the uh, addition. Average, I got about 58. 59 wins is uh, the average of where you guys came in with the Cavs. Of course, we found out last night they won't go 82-0. and 0. Another thing we found out last night is that we were indeed correct that the sky would be falling very early once again. Boy, talking and, and listening and sitting back and watching the social media wave last night, you'd have thought, you'd have thought that that basketball was a, was a, was a one-game season because I'll tell you what, uh, I, I said Monday, I said, guys, let's not let's not be tripping about whatever happens in game number one, good, bad, or indifferent. And I said, but you will see it. You will see this guy falling. You will see Chicken Little running around. You will see people tripping, and boom, right off the bat, I saw people tripping on Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson will never be worth the money that he held up the Cavaliers for after one game. This, psh, I, I'll tell you what, by the way, welcome to the world of getting paid, Tristan Thompson, because now... This is what you got coming for you every day that you don't score 80 points and get 80 rebounds at the same time. It's coming for you. And, hey, that's that's the spotlight that you ask for and that you get and the paycheck that you cash. But started early last night, man. David Blatt, there's LeBron James, that. Cavs at Mo Williams. Mo Williams. I had a friend loving Mo Williams up until the end of the game. All of a sudden, it was Mo Williams' fault. I'm like, I'm like you don't think it was LeBron's fault for getting blocked? Clean by Paul Gasol at the end. You don't think it was just the first game of the season? And it was, hey, listen, man, don't trip, guys. There's 81 more of these things to go. It was very good to have basketball back in general. There was three games on the slate yesterday. I, I watched both of the TNT games. You got a full slate. Everybody's tipping off around the NBA tonight. And the Cavs, of course, in Memphis doing it as they've got a back-to-back here. And uh, that's the great thing, man. You know, the basketball, there's always three or four games. There's no Buckeyes game this week. It'll be a Cavs game this weekend to make up for it, though. It feels good to have basketball season back in effect here in the Cavs. We're going to talk more about the game itself as the Cavaliers. It was an up-and-down game. There was some good. There was some bad, of course. There's there's a ton to go. First off, as we know, this team is nowhere near the team that they're going to be. We don't even need to go through all of that. Uh, remember, this squad started 19 and 20 last year. Uh, I don't expect that type of a start this year, but I don't expect it to be uh, blockbuster right off the right off the get either. I think that it'll be similar to that, maybe a little better than 500, uh, particularly. Depending on uh, you know the health of LeBron in the early part of the season here, but I think that they've upgraded the additional talents around uh, that even with the guys that are down and won't be joining. I don't know that it'll be 500 come January, but it'll be you know a few games over. But they're gonna lose a few. I wouldn't be surprised if if they end up losing perhaps two of the first three here or splitting the first four games or so just because uh, they've got some tougher teams. I mean Miami can ball uh, Memphis here. We just saw Chicago. Um, 
Surprised, too. They were talking about it on the thing. Chicago going to go with uh, Noah coming off the bench there. And I have to agree with Charles Barkley. I don't know that I would be doing that either. But uh, anyways, I'm sure they were glad to get their season started with a victory here in Chicago. I thought, hey, for what it was, the Cavaliers fell down big early. Not big, but, you know, and they had the big lead, by the way, to start in the early, early part of the game. It was kind of the feeling out process there. But then Chicago went on that big run and kind of took control control of the game there, bridging between the end of the first quarter and on into the second, but the, the Cavaliers clamped it down, played some deep, they played their best defense of the game in the second quarter. Uh, third quarter as well, uh, it, neither team in the second half really put a lot of emphasis on defense there in that game, much less than in the first half. Cavaliers uh, with only 17 points in the first quarter, that was their lowest and then they proceeded to increase upon that throughout the rest of the game. Uh, fourth quarter as well, Cavs did a Hey, Kev's did a good job at the end as well to cover that deficit. I believe with a buck 20 left in the game, they were down seven. They were able to close the gap, get themselves right back into it. Uh, even though the scoreboard was trying to cost the Cavs game. But did you guys notice that the Cavs got it down to a uh, 97, 95 first, they had it 195 on the TV screen. I said, man, they just gave Chicago two points. And then I didn't even realize they actually gave them three because they had miscredited the one point and it was 97. They were uh, given credit for 98. So first they gave the bulls a hundred. Then they gave them 98. Then they they took it down to uh, 97. Cavaliers had everything that they'd have asked for on the road. Last possession, chance to tie and or take the lead. LeBron, you know, Bruce in the chat room, by the way, I agree with you there. Um, But, you know, I thought the block was clean. I just did. I, I still continue to be amazed. And I don't mind it because I prefer that it, they would call that everywhere, but I don't think that they do. I do get amazed at the physicality, I say it all the time, that people are allowed to have when it comes to LeBron James compared to the other megastars in the history of the league. You could not breathe in the direction of Michael Jordan. And I love Michael Jordan. I build statue to Michael Jordan. That's one you could accuse me of. But... Uh, Anyways, that LeBron, the, the physicality that he endures, and it's because of the, you know, the size, rightfully or wrongfully so. I think people just, uh, I don't know, assume that he should be able to take a little. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, I think we've all seen it. And, and he can get diva-esque on the other side of it, but he gets banged up a lot that doesn't get called. Either way, I thought the block was clean, and I was shocked. I said, well, that's... That's season opening, LeBron. Hopefully, season closing, LeBron gets up and dunks that one on Gasol, uh, and we'll chalk it up to the open of the season, you guys. Either way it goes, uh, Chicago, Cleveland, it was a good one. The president was in the house. President Obama was watching that game last night, and uh, it was a good game. I thought uh, Cavaliers, shame that they couldn't finish it out at the end, but... For what it was, uh, I'm good with it. Let's see how they handle a back-to-back. See how this team bounces back two in a row to start the season. And that's a a strong Memphis squad on the road. They could very well be coming into the home opener 0-2. Nothing. Nothing to flip out about, you guys. We'll talk some more about this in a minute. I want to get Dan Wismar in and see his thoughts on the game, of course, the World Series and more. But I want to get with you guys. I couldn't talk to you Monday. I've held you on hold here for a few minutes now. Caller, kick us off. You're live on the Sports Fix talking some Cavs hoops. What's happening? Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, J-Rock. The phones are working and we're live and we're on the air at the same time. Hot diggity damn. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. I wanted to start with uh, um, 
the World Start Series last night. And, um, oh, how are you going to go in a total different direction? No, no, no. Are you calling to talk <laughs> anything about the Cavs? Because if you are, we're, we'll, we'll stay in that direction first. Then we'll go into the into the baseball. Cavs? Well, Cavs, we it was, start it there, was the opening night. It wasn't That's anything what I'm saying. that I expected to be, you know, over the top or anything. It was, uh, you know, it was the Cavs trying to uh, get their chemistry straight is the way I looked at it. What did you like? What did you see that you did like last night? I, mean, I, I saw definitely. Uh... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some glimpses saw, of where, where they're um, going to end up. You know what Kevin I mean? Love. Yep. Yep. And I saw... Um, rejuvenated Mo Williams. Mo Williams, baby. Are you guys happy? I know. Here's the funny thing is how many people turned on him. I'm telling you, I had friends that were all night long like, yeah, uh, you're right. I'm glad your boy Mo, because everybody knows that Mo Williams is my guy. And uh, everyone's like, man, I'm glad your boy Mo's back. What do I get at the end? But a half a dozen texts that go, man, it was your boy. Your boy cost us the game. And I'm like, get out of here, man. That was a bad pass by Mo at the end of the game. I don't know where he was throwing the ball. He didn't give the Cavs much of a chance there with uh, with four seconds left. But I thought he played a, a, a strong Wrong game, and that's why you brought him in to, to fill the gap for Kyrie. By the way, real quick, that just reminded me of something. I saw somebody sent me an article this morning, and uh, Bradley sent me an article about uh, Norris Cole, and it was just from one of those rumor websites or whatever. And take it from me, that's all it is is rumors. They, they cavalier Norris Cole's a restricted free agent. That's what. Tristan Thompson just went through. Norris Cole's trying to get paid right now. He's sitting out, and they're they're currently in a standoff. There's no salary room whatsoever for the Cavaliers to uh, to swing any kind of a sign and trade for Norris Cole. I know that sounds great. I'd love for him to come here because he played for the Vikings, and I love Norris and all that, and had him on the show back in the day. But it's it's a pipe dream right now. The Cavs would have to trade out some salary to to bring that back in. Uh, there's just no way they could do that. But, you know, who knows? I heard Joe Johnson was another one I heard yesterday. And I'm like, wow, really? What do you guys think? The Cavs need a $300 payroll to win a championship? Joe Johnson's a yeah. – he's not a cheap piece either. We're going to add that to the $170 million that we've got? How about we let him play some ball with the, with the $170 million worth of guys that we got? Second 
second highest payroll in NBA history. Let's go see what they can do here before we start adding any more guys to it. But anyways, I, I was with it. It's a shame that they couldn't win last night, but I thought that on the road, shorthanded, and whatever, not saying that in the excuse-making way, uh, I thought that the effort was there. Defensively, though, neither team was playing any defense in the second half, man. That uh, that was definitely first game of the season defense for sure. And uh, I think the Bulls, I think that was uh, noticeable last night that they're going to be a different team defensively without Thibodeau as the coach. Uh, I liked uh, the rotation by the Cavs, too. I mean, I thought Blatt uh, moved, uh, made the right moves at the right time. Yeah, it was all about trying different groupings, and, and that's what the first part of this season is going to be about. A lot of these guys didn't play together at all, and then you're going to go through that all over again in late December, early January when you add, hopefully, the rest of your pieces. Well, they Jefferson, actually, too, by uh, the way. I was going to ask you, Bruce. And, uh, pardon me? I'm I was just going to say, while we're talking about guys, it was only a little bit here and there, but I like the little bit we saw out of Richard Jefferson, too. He showed defensively oh, yeah. a little bit. He's going he to make a difference. Yeah, he got in there with that with that one sequence where he got the steal and then they got out in front of it down the court and got the uh, the fast break bucket. I, I definitely think that he showed in a little bit last night that he's a clear upgrade as far as the end of the bench veteran especially to replace lebron and give him some breather he's way an upgrade over sean marion oh yeah no doubt yeah now, he's here's got, what got some me life. though is when yeah. uh they were down by 13 and uh um mm-hmm. uh, brought in uh lebron and, and love and they brought it right back to a one-point lead actually yeah so yeah they know, have the I mean, ability to the right close quick at the right time yeah, they have yeah, and he that's something that I'm really curious to watch all season long. David Blatt had such a, a great reputation overseas of learning, of being a cerebral coach and being a great coach that got better as he got, you know, more experience, more time as you see his record and resume showed that. That's what I'm hoping to see here. And I, I'm I've got full faith in it. I know everybody eh, he's on the hot seat. If he Learn on the fly like he did last year. I'm very curious to see now that he knows what what it rotations feel like when you move LeBron in here with this guy or pull that guy out. Now he's got a better feel for the NBA rotations. I want to see if David Black can really start to do. And I liked the early, like you're talking about, you're getting a good early look at that. But that's something that I think will be the biggest sign of how much better he's gotten in year two is how much more comfortable he is and how much uh, better he gets with finding his rotations. And and I think he will. I think I'm looking forward to it. But that's one of the things I want to see the most out of him this year. Well, the one thing I really liked was that they gave LeBron time to rest his back. I mean, he had 25 points and 10 rebounds with a bad back. Okay, and that's that's besides the point. I mean, he did get some rest on his back. He had people that came in. They didn't, uh, you know, they didn't embarrass the team by replacing LeBron. No, and, and they're uh, deep enough to do that. They're deep enough to. I don't know if you heard Monday. I was my thought, and this is just a random thought, not necessarily a scientific formula. But I would figure that the Cavs are deep enough that they could rest one guy 
every game. But every, you, you could go through a, a good three-week cycle of giving everybody a game off. Every three weeks, they get their scheduled game off to rest, and, and you'll cut 10 games a season or so off of each guy's workload, and I think that would make a huge difference, and you're deep enough. It's not like you're sitting three guys a night. You're sitting. A, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball, but, you know, LeBron sits a night, and then Kevin Love gets his night off. and You know what I mean? And then, you know, and, so on and, and so not forth. not only that, though. It's um, it's the fact that everybody's getting playing time and they're not being forced in at playoff time. You exactly. Know, like, you know, hey, all of a sudden you're a starter. Right, because those you ten know? games that LeBron sits out by choice are are Richard Jefferson starts in his place or or somebody else. You know what I mean? So they get ten games of full starting experience with that squad. It just allows you to mix these pieces together a little bit more. You know, so. That's and just my Flat thoughts. City was going with the twelve man rotation, so you know, everybody's gonna get, you know, a, a little bit of time to hold the ball anyway. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I think he went uh eleven last night. I think uh Cunningham got a couple of minutes. At first it was looking like it may be ten. I didn't see Sasha Khan play last night and, and uh Joe Harris as well, but they're the only ones. Everybody else got in for at least a, a couple of minutes. Well, it was it in my point of view. It was nice to see Kevin Love come back and look healthy. Absolutely, you know? I mean he had 18 points, eight rebounds, and I believe two or three block shots. So you know he had a pretty productive night for a guy coming off of a separated shoulder. I agree, and you know what? He wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it statistically. And I know plus minus can be a a skewed factor, but Anderson Verzhal always an energy guy. And uh, he was the the best plus minus performer of the night. Cavs were nine points better when he was in the game, even though he uh, he was only he had a couple of boards, a block, a little bit defensively there, and he he made a sh- or, or a couple of free throws there. But uh, uh, again, that's going to be another one. Just watching it come together. It was fun to have basketball, and the best part is they do it again tonight. We're right back at it. Cavaliers and Memphis back to back, and and that's good. And again, with resting guys too, three out of four to start the season and and that's a, a tough little run with a day off in between so you know again getting a few minutes of rest is good LeBron still ended up playing 36 last night Mo Williams led the way 37 for the Cavs who else was in the 30s last night Kevin Love had 35 he was the third longest gotta love to see that as he uh stretches himself out J.R. Smith was the other with uh 30 points as as well. And uh, I agree with you about the social media people. I mean, you would have thought that it oh, was I the know. last game of the season and I mean, come you know, on. They had lost the Just relax, I mean, guys. It, Anyways. Yeah, really. Right. I mean, it's one game. I got eight more baby. of these things to sit Absolutely. through, you know. I agree with you 100%. All right, let's keep it moving. World Series. What do you want to talk about, man? Because i got to okay. get going. I want to get uh, Dan in the show. First, I to start with... Um, How about it, by Edison, the way? Before, Edison before, Valquez. Yeah, I was going to say, Edison Valquez, you know. I'll tell you what. Okay. Um, you, you know, I know where you're going to go with that. I mean, uh, the guy, you know, of course, I found out later that he didn't find out uh, about uh No, the uh, family father. requested that they didn't yeah. tell him. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Although I heard from different sources, Bruce, because I heard, I see, I know what you're saying, and and I've heard from different uh, different sources because one set of writers reported that Ned Yost said that they didn't tell Edison Volquez about his father's death until after the game, and but uh, there was another set of stories out that was completely the opposite. 
and uh, said that he did find out, and uh, he actually found out on his way to the game. So maybe both stories may be true. He may have found out, and they may not have known that he found out. Maybe they didn't tell him, but I had heard that he knew, but then you informed me this morning before the show, you sent me that message and said that they didn't tell him, and I looked into that, and there's two different uh, schools of thought there, so I'm not sure... What story is okay, true? Okay, well, I, I have the, it makes um, it, the it makes ESPN it almost... version that says that the family requested not to tell him right. until after Absolutely. he was removed from the game. And that's what Ned Yost said that they did. But the other story that I had heard that was going around said that he had actually gotten the news while he was traveling to the game, to the stadium uh, to play the game and that he did know. So which if he did makes it even more uh, amazing. I mean, just imagine those circumstances to be out there and know um that may would make it even even that much stronger but either way that's just a a piece of the story of an incredible game that just ended about five seconds ago i think those guys were uh um, they, they, one <laughs> 126 i believe is when yeah. i finally went to bed yeah See, i they, have the luxury they, of two tvs so i got to watch the Cavs and the world series at the same time yeah, they loved and, Game uh, 1 so much, they wanted to play it all night long. That was a great game. I mean, you get the, the blown save, you had the, the bullpens matching it up, 14 innings, and you had the come full circle story of the guy making the mistake, Hosmer, and then makes up for it later in the game. Uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the inside the park home run it hadn't been yeah, done Yeah, let's since, back up and start at yeah, the beginning. Um, amazing. Go ahead, Bruce. Escobar uh, let off the, the bottom of the first, uh, the, actually the very first pitch, he hit the inside the park home run. Now, that was only the 12th um, World Series inside the park home run in history, and it was the, only the second ever to happen. The first was in 1903. Now, the last pitcher to give up an inside the park home run in the first inning in a World Series game was Babe Ruth in 1913. When he pitched for the uh, Red Sox, or pitched for Boston, going way back in the way so, back machine. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 when you knew you were in the in the midst of perhaps something special. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I I can just watching that game one. This is going to be one hell of a series. You can just feel it. These are two teams that want it. They're new. They're fresh. They're hungry. The Royals just missed out on it. The, the 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 Mets. Well, it's been a minute for them, but I mean, they're they're both they're after it. That was a heck of a game one. But yeah, w- right there in the beginning, you get some history made right off the bat, and it just kept going. Yeah. So if you uh, if you watched the Cavs and didn't watch the uh, first uh, couple innings of the World Series, you missed history last night. And you can thank Charles Morgan, by the way, for that <laughs> uh, stat because he said, you know, when was the last time this happened? And I had to go through, like, 20 record books until I found it. But, but I mean, look at the know, drama. I, you know, the Mets score in the sixth, and then the Royals uh, score two to uh, to tie the game up. And then the, in the eighth, the Mets get ahead, and it looks like that's going to be the, uh, the deal right there. And it, they just got to close it out. And then the home run and Alex Gordon ties the game against the closer. In the ninth and, right. In the bottom I mean, of the ninth. How dramatic yeah, and, is that? And it had been, I think I heard somewhere it had been like 90, 90 games was the last time that he blew a save. And, uh, 
and so there you go, keeping it alive. Then the battle of the bullpens, these teams lock up for another four innings before Hosmer is able to uh, hit the sack fly and get the run home, and they win the game, like you said, right around one thirty in the morning. Yeah, 124, I believe, was when I posted. So, um, Here's the thing, Bartolo Colon, 40-year-old Bartolo Colon, still pitching. Got to I get, know. You know, finally made it to a World Series. So, it was it was First. kind of a, you know it was it was an exciting night. I mean, you know, between the the Cavs and their opening season and the and the first game of the World Series was everything that you could ask for in a ball game. Sure was, and they get just like the Cavs, they get right back at it again with Game Two coming here tonight. And there you go. Um, you know, baseball without a doubt is the greatest game ever invented, and if you watch it every night. You know, you're going to see something that you've never seen before. And, you know, inside the park home run in a World Series, that was, you know, instant history. Oh, it sure so. was. There was a lot of things about uh, about last night's game, though, that you could say fit that for sure. And it's just I think it's just the precursor of, uh, of Echo of a Series to come from both of these teams. I could easily. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You see this thing go in seven games. No doubt about it. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, as much as I want the... You know, the Mets to win it, you know, I wouldn't be unhappy if the Royals did either. So, you know. And I'll tell you what, I've got some some interesting stats here from that, too. Home teams, such as last night, that have won game one in the World Series, have won 13 consecutive World Series, going all the way back to the Blue Jays in Toronto back in 93. Uh, that's So that's something to show that if history bodes well for the uh, Royals, they not only took a one to nothing lead, but the last 13 teams that have won game one at home have gone on to uh, win the World Series. So that bodes well for them. Uh, it was also the longest World Series game since 2005. Game three, the White Sox and the Astros went 14 innings in uh, the first World Series game that was ever hosted in the state of Texas. So it's been uh, over a decade since those teams, exactly a decade since there was a game that long. And this is only the 21st game in the history of every Major League Baseball playoff game, not just World Series, in which the home team uh, trailed after the top of the ninth uh, and was able to... uh, 
to come back in the World Series after eight and a half innings. The team that did it the last time, the longest and won, 2000, game one, the Yankees, when they were taking on the Mets back in the Subway Series. So there's all kinds of things out there that say that history is in Kansas City's favor. I thought the biggest thing that's in Kansas City's favor is the fact that they did it last year. And uh, not to mock the Indians, but unfinished business. They were there, and, uh, and here they go. And by the way, the Mets, their four World Series before this one, they lost game one in each of them. They're now 0-5 in game one of their World Series. So there's that. They didn't lose them all, so history is there for them too. But there's a lot of things in the favor of the Royals here, Bruce, heading into game two tonight. Yeah, and I still like the Mets pitching. So as long as you have pitching, you still have a chance. So that's why I kind of look at this whole World Series. You got that right. All right, Bruce, um, my man. Speaking of that, yesterday on your uh, website, on your uh, Sports Fix uh, site uh-huh. there, you had uh, about the um, something about um, they wanted to image the Mets and the Royals, the Indians did. Oh, um, that, yeah, that was just a, a post inspire. from the, inspire the Indians the website. Word yeah, used. inspired by the Royals. It was from the Indians website or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we don't need inspiration. What we need is help. You know, we need a power hitter. <laughs> we need a, uh, a corner outfielder and a third baseman that uh, can actually hit the ball. I mean, you know, consistently. Not that Yoshua is, uh, you know, he's an outstanding defensive player, but he just uh, has a little trouble with the bat. Now, if we can, you know, substantiate those three spots, we could be right in this because we have the pitching better than both of these teams. Oh, I know. It's When you see this, you go, man, that's why I say for as, as far away as some people think the Indians are, I say that they're much closer than you think, but it's, that's, there's a big gap from where they're at to where they need to get. But if they can fill it, they can be... They, there is no ceiling to what the Indians can do in the next couple seasons, and I think that these teams show you just that. Right. And, right. and they're, you know, the Mets have the big payroll. Let's, you know, let's not, you know... Sure do. But, you know, as far as the Royals, they're, they're living on a budget. <laughs> and uh, I agree, man. You know, we have everything that they have. I mean, it, it's not like, you know, we have better starting pitching. They have a better bullpen because, uh, you know, I honestly believe they have the uh, best bullpen in baseball. But, but as far as, um, you know, our, our everyday players... We match up with them. I agree. You know, I agree, I'm, Bruce. I'm just My man, we're, we're a couple of players away. I agree with you. I got to hit it, my man. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, no problem. I'll talk to you soon, J-Rock. You got it. My man, on the phone lines. I'll reopen the phones later on. Now, we've got a couple of guests coming up. Sit tight. The news is next. And then Dan Wismar joins us from Everybody Hates Cleveland. We'll talk some Cavs, some World Series, some Browns, some Buckeyes with him. Tony Brown, just about one hour from now, from the Lake Erie Monsters, joins us to talk about the latest with the Blue Jackets and the Monsters and more. Can't wait for that. Glad we got things rolling. The phones, everything's rocking and rolling. Makes you feel good. I'm smiling. Hopefully, when we come back from the break, the smile is still on my face. I can feel it. Can you? We'll be right back with Dan Wismar joining us from Everybody Hates Cleveland next after the news here on the Sports Fix. No more. 
Sports Fix want to make all of your dreams come true. What about my dream? Even if I told you I can't build your candy house, it will fall down. The sun will melt the candy. It won't work. It will if it never rains. Oh, maybe not all of them. Get your fix on the Sports Fix. Hey guys, J-Rock here from the Sports Fix, and we always talk about using our platform to try to help the world and the society we live in, and everywhere I go and everywhere we go, bullying is one of the problems in today's society. There's nothing worse than any person, big or small, strong or weak, adult or child, feeling picked on, pushed around, vulnerable, and victimized at the hands of a bully. Change comes one person at a time, and my good friends at No Such Thing as a Bully are working on skills and techniques and ways that we can all change and make things better for everyone. Find out more at nosuchthingasabully.com. Hey, Sports Fix fans, I'm Fred McLeod, TV voice of the Cavaliers. When I'm not busy taking elbows from my buddy Austin Carr, I'm tuning in to see what the guys are saying. Come on, Cavs! Football season is party season at Harry Buffalo North Olmstead, And no matter who you root for, everyone wins at Harry Buffalo. Every Saturday is Coors Light College Football Saturday with $6 pitchers, four bottles for 10 bucks, and the Buckeyes in full HD. Every Sunday, all the Browns action with Bud Light beer specials and $10 hair of the dog pitchers. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. That's some fun. Plus, every Monday night, catch the Monday night football action with some of your favorite Browns players. Football season is most definitely party season, and your headquarters is Harry Buffalo, North Olmsted, all winter long. Harry Buffalo, join the herd. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle, and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip. Me over and pull me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires, Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs. They're your neighborhood quick service experts. They also offer a low price tire guarantee. Choose from 13 brands, and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days, Quick Lane at Valley Ford will refund the difference. They're open late Monday through Thursday until 9 p.m. and open early Saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day. They also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for Quick Lane oil changes. Quick Lane at Valley Ford Truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. Come see why life is better in the Quick Lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. That's quicklane.com slash Valley Ford Truck. Good morning, I'm Bob Picosi. Happens like clockwork every 89 days. 
For the first time since July 30th, Mets closer Jurius Familia blew a save. He allowed a game-tying home run to Alex Gordon in the bottom of the ninth. The Royals went on to win Game 1 of the World Series 6-5 on an Eric Hosmer sacrifice fly in the 14th. Gordon's home run, the first off Familia since September 23rd. Saw him do a quick pitch uh, earlier to Salvi, so when I got in the box, I just wanted to make sure I was ready and not be surprised by it, and he did it. And when a guy like that, you can't miss, miss a pitch, and uh, he's got great stuff and just got a good swing on it. It will be Jacob deGrom versus Johnny Cueto tonight in Game 2, 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN Radio. He suffered an epileptic seizure on the sideline during a game in 2011, another one at halftime in 2012. Minnesota football coach Jerry Kill announced this morning he was retiring, effective immediately because of health reasons. ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer is reporting that Dallas wide receiver Des Bryant will practice today for the first time since he broke his right foot on opening day, September 13th, against the Giants. Sports Center is brought to you by Blue Emu, the leading household name in muscle and joints. Experience the benefits of emu oil and try their new Blue Emu Maximum Arthritis Pain Relief Cream. Beat the pain. It works fast and you won't stink. Now, back to the Sports Fix. Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live. J-Rock back with you. Dan Wismar is going to join me in just a moment. He's on the hotline. Indeed, I can verify that he is on the hotline. Things are things are plugging along today after the delay. And seriously, it may have been one of those, uh, it was good to start late because we got so many things straightened out that maybe, just maybe, will be good moving forward. Thanks to you guys for joining us as we pick back up here. J-Rock here, as I said, Dan Wismar coming next. Tony Brown from the Lake Erie Monsters joining us just about 50 minutes from now talking some Monsters and Blue Jackets hockey action. We're going to talk Browns, Cavs, Buckeyes, World Series, and all of that with Dan. And I want to talk to you all the time. Facebook, Twitter, email, facebook.com slash thesportsfix. Twitter at thesportsfixcle, email the sports fix at AOL.com. Sam chimed in last night, said Cavaliers game one, no big deal. Thank you very much for speaking from common sense. Uh, it was good to see them get out there and come close on the road. And, and listen, hey, I'm not, not one of those guys that sits there and, and, uh, and, and doesn't hold the foot to the fire, but I don't do it on Wednesday, October 28th. I'm just happy to watch them play in some hoops again. You guys, keep those comments coming in, and I'll read them from time to time here on the air. Facebook.com slash TheSportsFix. Twitter at TheSportsFixCLE. Email TheSportsFix at AOL.com. As I said, 81 of those more to go. And the next one, there'll be 80 left after tonight. They're in Memphis taking on the Grizz. My man Dan Wismar from the Cleveland Fan from Everybody Hates Cleveland. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, J-Rock. Good to be with you. Hey, good, night last night, so. good to have you, man. That's two in a row, man. I don't know. Three in a row. We call that a winning streak around here, man. Yeah, that's right. Good to have the uh, good to have the bugs worked out. And uh, we, we made it happen on Monday, but this is better. You damn right, man. How you doing? Speaking of better, does it feel better to be in the middle of hoop season now? I mean, last night it tipped off, and there's another one tonight. I don't know. To me, you and I talk all the time. There's those couple of seasons 
that are the best. And this is one of them right here because you've just got everything going on. It may not be the Indians baseball, but there is championship baseball going on. You've got football. Now you've got basketball. There's some hockey. You're covered from end to end right now. It is really good. It is hard to beat October uh, for sports, no doubt. I, I love the springtime uh, when you've got, you know, March and April, and, you know, that's yep. a great time of year, too, with uh, baseball opening day, NCAA tournament, and and all kinds of stuff going on, NBA playoffs all happen at the same time. But uh, it is hard to beat October when, you've got, when you're in the middle of college football season and the NFL season. You've, you've got the World Series going on. In fact, last night I was sympathizing with what Bruce was saying. I, I think I need to line up two TVs side by side. <laughs> because, you, know, you, you, you wear out their remote control thumb when you're trying to flip back and forth from the Cavs to the World Series. And i got to say, Jerry, that uh, even though I, I watched a very good uh, portion of the Cavs game, uh, but like you say, that was one out of 82. And the game on the other channel is one out of seven at the most. So I, uh, I kind of gave some... Uh, of my preference and my priority to the uh, to the World Series game uh, because first of all it's the greatest sport ever as Bruce says and uh, and second of all because it's uh, you know only comes once a year for a week and a half or so and uh, and I had to check it out but let's talk Cavs first here because yes. I you know it, it seemed as though you know the thing that struck me most about watching the Cavs with Lucky Landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC game last night was obviously early in the game they were rusty I don't think the Bulls played all that great defense in that second quarter just when the Cavs are going what two for 15 or something at one stretch from the field they just hit a cold streak couldn't uh, couldn't throw it in the ocean from a rowboat and uh, it was just tough uh, that they ended up scoring what they were up 12 to 6 or 15 to you know 8 or whatever it was they had a, a 5-7 point lead and then you know they went cold they were they scored, I think they were outscored something like, you know, 15 to 2 or something over that next stretch. So, yeah. And that really put them behind the eight ball for the whole game. But what struck me more than anything was the number of guys that Blatt was trying to rotate in there. I mean, obviously last year he had a lot of dead weight at the end of the bench. Now, that is not the case anymore nope. when you can run guys out there and, uh, and really be 12, 13 deep, you know, and not really not hurt for it. When uh, and that's even without Kyrie and Trumpert uh, being there, so it's just the the talent level is so significantly upgraded. It's going to be a real balancing act, I think, for Blatt to uh, to get everybody their minutes, get everybody working, and obviously that's not going to happen right away. Uh, it's going to take a while to get that rotation figured out. But it did seem like in that cold stretch, 
there were an awful lot of guys that were trying to get off uh, trying to get off their shots come hell or high water. Uh, you know, James Jones was one of them. Certainly, Mo Williams was another, and maybe most noticeably was Tristan Thompson, who I think just looked like he was trying a little bit too hard out of the gate, um, throwing up some shots and those little running one-handers, the little floaters in the in the paint. They just weren't dropping for him, and he looked like he was pressing a little bit. And obviously, you could understand why uh, trying to kind of, you know, silence all the, the naysayers who were, were ragging on him about the big contract. So it was a little ragged, uh, certainly, but uh, it's encouraging because the depth is so great and it's going to get greater when uh, when Trump and Kyrie get back. It was definitely ragged. I, I don't know I agree so much about Mo. I thought he, he shot 50%. I thought he was uh, – I didn't, I didn't feel that he was forcing it. I just – I, no, I don't. I don't really think Mo was forcing it that much either. But, but he, he, it was obvious that he wanted to come on. Oh yeah, establish yeah. His, establish his jump it. shot yeah. Uh, yeah, early in sure. the game, and and like you say, hit some, missed some. But uh, it was, uh, it was. You know, I didn't think they got Mozgov as involved as as they should uh, early. I think that would have helped. I think he but, only um, uh, he took in, a handful in any of shots so the whole game. There after the they went cold there after the hot start and and kind of got behind and. And obviously, you're playing on the road against a decent team, and uh, tough to come back. But in fact, I missed the final shot, the block on LeBron at the end. I was over watching the World Series at the time; <laughs> had to watch the highlights of that uh, because, frankly, when they got down eight with a minute and a half to go, I kind of you assumed it was, it was over. over. Yeah, yeah, they made uh, that so I, run I, there. I maybe bailed on them a little bit early. Obviously, did. They made that little mini run there and gave themselves a, a shot at it. But uh, Mozgov, as you mentioned, I think he only got six shots for the game. He only made a couple of them, but uh, not very involved offensively at all. And, uh, and and I'm with you. And I think that here's the thing. That depth is that word that you just mentioned. The Cavaliers without two-fifths of their starting lineup on the road and with a lot of these guys did not play in the preseason either, did not play together. Kevin Love, LeBron James, etc. cetera. Uh, uh, most of these combinations were seeing each other for the first time out there. I think that you're seeing, and it, you saw it last night, an example of what you said, depth is the word. This is like that, this is that what they kept talking about last year with the Warriors and, and true team depth. I think you saw that here last night that the Cavaliers when push comes to shove can now take more than a couple shots on the bow and stay at a very high level uh, before there will be the drop off. I think they learned their lesson from last year that there's deep and then they're stupid deep and that's where they're hanging out right now and in a couple of months when everybody's back um, they're good. And the great thing about that is not everybody comes back and I've kind of been telling people this not wanting to be a wet blanket but not all of these, some of these guys get banged up a bit. So the odds that there will be a time this season when everybody's healthy are very low. I mean, Verizhao, Love, you've got guys who get banged up. You've got uh, a lot of Kyrie Irving. So the odds that they're all healthy, very slim. And this should make you feel good about that. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the things that's best about it is that uh, and I noticed last night a concerted effort to rest LeBron more, and at different yep. times. He got into a very fixed rotation last year where he would play almost all the first quarter, and then with a couple minutes left in the first quarter, they'd take him out and it kind of overlap the end of the quarter and, and bring him back in, in in the middle of the second or whatever. I noticed and took him out really quite early in the first, and he sat for a good portion of the first quarter, came back in right at the very end, and then they, they had – more and longer stretches of LeBron on the bench, which is obviously by design and 
and with the long term in mind. But, you know, last year there were so many times when LeBron's out of the game, the team just couldn't score and couldn't do much of anything, couldn't got out of their own way. I think that is going to be way different this year. They're going to, with, uh, with Love and with Mo Williams and these guys, uh, J.R. Smith obviously taking a little bit more of an offensive role. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the team really slacking and losing losing ground, losing momentum when LeBron sits just because there are too many other good players on the court. So way too early to tell or way too early to draw many conclusions. But I like the fact that they rested LeBron early and often, and uh, the more rest he gets, the better. Obviously, you want him healthy and uh, in March, not in uh, October. Yep, and a big big assist game for the team in general. They doubled up Chicago in the assist column. There was 26 for the Cavs overall. A lot of ball movement, a lot of ball sharing, and you're going to see that with these guys here. And uh, and only 10 turnovers to go with that. I, I say some of that is to the lack of defense being played on both sides, except for Pau Gasol. Man, my boy Pau Gasol had six blocks on the Cavs last night, and then Taj Gibson had three more. So they had nine blocks combined between those two guys, and uh, the the six by Gasol showed me even with the one at the end. Uh, that's that's those things that you learn from game one is that you're still taking it to the hole in the preseason mode, in the early season mode. You're not taking it strong to the hole because I like Pau Gasol, but he should not have six blocks in the post, especially that last one against LeBron. I promise you that if this was game 82 or or perhaps a playoff game, it would not have been so easy to block that last shot of the game. That was how you go up in game one, not how you go up at the end. But Gasol was, man, there was there was the one sequence where he blocked Love twice on the on the little bunny shots underneath, and he was he was very active underneath and caused the Cavs some problems. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of uh, which, I thought Love played good defense too. Had some nice blocks and uh, down low, and and uh, was uh, came off to me a little bit as more aggressive defensively than he's been. And yeah. LeBron, I think, what was the quote from LeBron after the game that he made himself small? Uh, yeah, made himself too small when he when he made that move to the basket. He he wasn't yep. assertive enough, or he he didn't use his body to position himself well enough. Uh, and and you know, so he was saying that kind of in regret. After the game, that he that he allowed himself to be blocked on that shot because he, as he put it, made himself too small going down the lane. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a game one thing, and uh, you know you're not going to see that in uh, in July. Oh, I, I'm with you. You got that. If you do, we got problems, man. So Cavs get a chance to come out here and grab win number one tonight against Memphis. That's a, a good Grizzly squad over there. I think this is a good one to go right from, from one tough one to the other on a back-to-back. They'll be fired up because it's their opening night of the season. You got That's a good – I love that Grizzlies team because I like the style of ball that they play. They've got Mike Conley and Randolph and, and uh, Powell's brother. You get to see the Gasol brothers back to back to start the season they've got uh uh tony allen i mean they've got a nice little squad over there i think it'd be a good game tonight Cavs and the uh and the grizzlies oh i do too i like them uh mostly because of michael conley one of my favorite yeah. buckeyes and uh last time the buckeyes made it to the ncaa finals but uh uh yeah conley's a great player they, they do have a nice team a big team and uh you know you don't like to be anybody's home opener because uh the players and the crowd are all jacked up and uh, you know, I, I totally with you on this one out of eighty-two thing, but I tell you what, Jerry, you know they go zero and two, and David Blatt's on the hot seat. My oh, friend. you know it. Don't come home zero <laughs> and two. Oh, I just had man. to. I just had to say it. 
Hey, I was talking. This is no joke. I said that I wouldn't be surprised if they lost even three or four to start the season because they have. Hey, Miami coming up is is a tough. Miami's going to be strong this year. They don't have Bosch out this year. They're 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 rebuilt. They'll be strong. But I I was talking to somebody the other day, and the guy goes, "Hey, do I sound crazy if I say I think the Cavs are going to start zero and three, but they're still going to be just fine?" I said, "No." I said that's that's very possible that that could happen because you got three strong teams that may be in a in a more cohesive place to start the season than the Cavs are, and so that's not in any any way a, a knock. If they do, oh Lord forbid, if they did start zero for three, then the sky would be falling. But it's very possible, and it's nothing to lose your mind about. Well, no doubt, and I was of course kidding, but uh, I know, I know. Well, I know. well, you know, we only see that from the national press. We don't even really see that kind of uh, panic button stuff uh, here locally in the media. I hope we not. Uh, obviously the occasional fan uh, will will freak out, but uh, it's it's the ESPNs of the world that uh, that want the clickbait, and then we'll say they'll we'll start talking about uh, you know David Blatt's job status here by you know before the weekend uh, is over if. Uh, if they lose oh. tonight, so you just yawn and take it and and uh, realize that it is what it is. It's it's clickbait and it's uh, <laughs> uh, you know because they have nothing else to write about when you're two games into the uh, 82 game season. Oh, for sure, you know. But you don't know, talk about this is all right. I, I, I totally. I was going to maybe bring this up later, but you mentioned ESPN. I don't know if you saw there was a piece that I read, and doggone it, I cannot. Uh, cannot remember where I read it. It was it was a, a business piece about ESPN because I don't know if you heard, but they had to make major cuts or chose to make major cuts this past week. 350 employees or something like that. And I read some from some people that used to work there that knowing the people that were cut and the departments that these were not cutting the fat, that these were some deep cuts in some major departments. And a lot of it comes to the fact that they major league screwed up and, and we're starting to see, we talk about that bubble of these, these television rights, the NFL's a billion dollar league because of what they make on TV. A lot of that comes back to um, ESPN. And there, there was a, a thing showing how much money that they are, their rights fees just took a quantum leap in what they're paying to keep these crappy football games and these these uh, you know games but you know nothing happening in games no offense to the people that are involved in them but they're schedule fillers they're they've got 24 hours a day to fill and so they've got to put all of these these things but they're pay, they they quantum leaped the the rights fees that they're paying and now it caused co- it's causing all kinds of deficit issues and it made made them make all all of these major league cuts, which a lot of people that know how ESPN works are saying is just going to completely continue to cannibalize. The product has already degraded itself. You got a lot of guys. And in part of it was uh, some staffers saying that they've replaced a lot of high dollar people that were well respected at what they do with a lot of people that are so happy to work for ESPN that they'll work for the lowest that they can make to work there and you're going to start seeing even more of a degrading of the on-air product with more of that sloppy journalism and guys that really shouldn't be in the role and a lot of it ties into how they made a major miscalculation a few years ago and with no competition tripled the NBA money that they were paying the NBA so that they could put 
games on at midnight that nobody's watching except the West Coast teams and things like that. And they quadrupled their football money in a package that nobody else was even bidding against. And that they there may be some major league problems continuing for for the big ESPN. Well, that's right, and and it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys. Nope. Um, you're you're right that they bought things, and and really they made the attempt to completely corner the market on college football, and they have come very close to doing that. And one of the ways that they did that is by buying the broadcast rights to games that they then don't broadcast. They put them on the, the games, internet. They bought or, rights. They yeah. bought rights to to conferences and to college football games just to keep other people from getting them with right, no intention right. of broadcasting the game. For non-compete and, uh, purposes. And then yes. they, they got sued by a, a small conference, and basically they go back and then they throw that conference a bone and say, okay, well, we'll put your games on, you know, Tuesday nights, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and they have these deals with, with conferences like the MAC and they have the Mountain West and, and, and some other groups, uh, the, the smaller uh, non-Power 5 conferences, that they had deals with, and they've had to backtrack a little bit uh, because, like I said, they bought they bought rights to games that they just I don't know if they had no intention ever of broadcasting them, but when it came when push came to shove, they weren't broadcasting them, and and they were paying the conferences the money and then not showing their games. Uh, that, that sounds to me like a recipe for uh, for some deficits and some uh, That's some losses. Tactics. And of course, yeah. ESPN owned by ABC, owned by Disney. When the, when the word comes down from from uh, you know from Disney Corp that you're going to, you know, cut your budget or cut your staff or cut your payroll or whatever, you you, you got to do it because that's what the boss says. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I have heard some of that same stuff. They have cut some people, and uh, you know, they've got their new experiment going with, uh, with Scott Van Pelt as their main sports center anchor. I'm not sure how that's going. But, frankly, I don't watch. I, I, I'd like to watch PTI at 530, uh, Will Bond and Kornheiser, uh, just to kind of catch up on the on the day's sports news or whatever and see some highlights. But that's about it for me outside of actual contests that are on the air, uh, Jerry. I don't – I can't stand – I can't sit through SportsCenter. Uh, no. It's, no. It's just, it's... it's just painful to watch, and so I, I don't. And uh, uh, give, me, give me PTI at 530, and that's about it for me other than, uh, you know, something going on with a ball of some sort. No, Dan, my son is always amazed that literally I will leave the room if he's sitting there watching those talking heads. And he's like, how can you how can you do what you do and not uh, watch ESPN and sport? I said, man, I can't stand it. I can't sit through that stuff. I'll I'll find what I need to find and I'll watch what I need to watch. And and I there's lots of other places to get my information. I am. I I can't sit through them. And the other thing that, that I was reading that is the major miscalculation they made and I remember when they they put the screws to the uh, to the cable and to the satellite companies a few years ago because what they always did was came in as a package deal ESPN Disney ABC the whole group of channels together uh, came in as, as sort of a package deal and they used their and a few years ago the uh, the the uh, ESPN came to the cable companies. If you remember, they tried to ask for, I think it was $6 a month or $8. It was either six or $8 a month. 
increase per per subscriber to to get the rights to ESPN and all the cable companies balked on it they said no way and the agreement that they made was we'll give you your increase in the rights fees if you give us the right for the first time ever to separate ESPN from the lowest tiered basic cable channel. And so that's why none of you that have basic cable get ESPN anymore because for the first time ever, they're separate. And the minute that they were able to be separated, there's a 10% drop in the last few two years of homes that get ESPN because it's, it's one of the companies hit the fastest when they broke away from the monopoly of you have to take all of these channels together, they the minute that they did that, they got more money, but they instantly got put on a higher tier, and all sorts of people, like Grandma, who could care less if she's getting ESPN or not, said, "Why do I? I don't need this channel. I'm not going to pay an extra two bucks a month for ESPN." And uh, they've they've seen a 10% decline in the homes that get ESPN. First time since the start of ESPN that there's ever been a decline, and it's huge. But it's the first decline they've ever had. So. Uh, as you said, couldn't happen to nicer people, but they tried to to get the big money and hold the cable companies up for ransom, and they left themselves open to a loophole that's now kicking them in the ass. Well, you're right, and and uh, what they and they always had because of this bundling, and because they have not only not only because they're ABC and Disney, but because they're ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN three, ESPN U, oh, yeah. and Huge on down package. the line, yeah. they have this bundling, and they are able to, and for years received way, way more, like three to four times more per subscriber from the cable companies than any other single channel on there. Yep. I think WTBS or, or TNT or one of the others, they get something like a buck per subscriber from the cable company. ESPN gets about six or seven bucks per yes. subscriber. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And because they had this power of the bundling, if you don't take ESPN, you don't get, you know, you don't get any of these other channels either, and it goes on down the line. To several of the of the other cable uh, cable network channels, uh, I don't believe they can include ABC in that because that's an over the air no, broadcast but channel. The, but yeah, uh, they they can they have dozen or more uh, channels bundled as one and get one get them all. Don't don't let ESPN. You don't get any of these others either. Um, so yeah, well, it's good to hear then that they are finally getting their comeuppance a little bit and I'll tell you and, what uh, you know losing losing subscribers by the millions and. And uh, tearing the fat uh, on their staff, but uh, I'll tell you something yeah, it funny. doesn't mean a whole lot to me unless until it starts affecting the broadcast teams that are actually doing games. Um, and I don't know; I haven't necessarily noticed it there yet. Although they have got some numbskulls doing college football on Saturdays, uh, but uh, that isn't a recent development. Their basketball is the worst. Their basketball guys are the worst. You got Rose and Van Gundy, and uh, oh man, they're awful, man. But uh, um, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think you're going to continue. That was part of what this article was. You're going to continue to see a, a degrading of the on-air product. And I'll tell you how I noticed this most in person is that forever I had gotten ESPN on my basic cable. And I remember about two years ago, a year and a half ago when this happened, I didn't get Fox Sports 1, the new Fox. Because every once in a while there would be an Indians game on Fox Sports 1. And I'm like, man, I don't get this channel because I didn't get the next package up just for one channel that I'm going to watch, you know? So, um, so I never got it. And when they made the switch, the Fox sports one is very smart and that's why they're gaining market share on ESPN. Now, when you get basic cable, 
you get Fox Sports 1, but you don't get ESPN until you go up to the next. So I was like, wow, okay, I'll just, you know, and I, I was, and they have their own sports center like show, which is still, eh, but it's much more tolerable than watching those goofballs on ESPN do their version of sports center, you know. And uh, as much as I love Chris Berman watching some fumbles and going, bloop, that's about it. Everybody else drives me crazy on there, man. Well, everybody else and Chris Berman drive me crazy. He does, too. I can't do him either at all. We do differ on that. I think Chris Berman is... uh past his sell-by Oh, no, I agree. I agree. He's way expired. Oh, I'm just having some fun with it, man. They could tear that whole thing down and rebuild it from scratch for all I'm concerned, man. It's not like the talent's not out there. They just don't have it. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, Van Pelt is is pretty good. I like him. I had to meet him up in Madison, Wisconsin about five years ago in the press box. How about Mark May? You like him? uh, You like Mark May? Anyway, it's... No? uh, No? No, nobody. Nobody's gonna sell Mark May at all, huh? We're just gonna we're just gonna ignore that I even said that. Huh? He is a goof, and the fact that they hire those guys because it's 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 a Barker channel is all it is, man. It's whatever can, can you say to get somebody to listen before they click over to the next channel, man? You got something ridiculous to say? Put that man on television. That's all it is, man. Right. You know. So uh, I'm. So you were uh, flipping back and forth, obviously, to the World Series last night. Yeah, too. but even um, if I wasn't, I would have been able to watch a whole other baseball game after the, after the Cavs game ended because they just kept playing and playing and playing some more. Yeah, I stayed up till the bitter end too. Me like, too. Uh, like Me you too. And, and, and Bruce, I uh, I couldn't go to bed. I was going to go to bed after the thirteenth, and 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 then I ended up you know hanging around till the top of the fourteenth. I said, well, I'm going to watch a Royals bat in the bottom of the fourteenth, see what happens. And, and uh, sure enough, that was when it ended. Uh, I couldn't, you know, s- sort of like, you know, watching Bartolo Colon pitch in long relief, sort of like a, uh, you know, a train wreck. you got to <laughs> slow down. you got to slow down and watch and see what happens, you know. What do you think, so, man? I mean, this is going to be a hell of a series. You can already tell. Uh, I oh, think it, was the a great, Royals... it was a great baseball game. Uh, great baseball game. I loved it. And, uh, you know, I, I even sort of mentally predicted the Gordon home run because, you know, it's it's such such a predictable thing for these Royals that they've done this countless times. Gordon has done it two or three times this season with a, with a, either a walk-off or a game-tying or game-winning home run late. Um, although Familia had been just unhittable uh, in the postseason so far, and I thought, wow, I mean, uh, Royals going to have to come back against this guy. He's so hot. He's been so good. Uh, and... Uh, uh, they said he hadn't had a blown save for three months or something like that. Yeah, I mean, three months. Uh, this this is a guy who uh, who has been unhittable in the postseason. How he could leave a you know a, a belt high fastball up to Alex Gordon uh, in that situation, I have no idea because he he leaves the ball down below the knees and everything seemingly dropping, and he's got the the changeup and he's got the great slider. Uh, I've seen him pitch the last few games. He no one's gotten a pitch above the knees. And, uh, and and they can't hit it. So how he left that ball up for Gordon, I have no idea. But uh, Gordon Gordon definitely did not miss it. You could tell as soon as he swung that it was a tie ball game. And think about the story. I mean, you know, Hosmer has the error that looks like it's going to cost him the game. You get the guy come in. It's going to close the door. Gordon keeps it alive. And then it comes back around to Hosmer to complete the, the full circle. That's how I can – I think that you could just – sometimes you can just see – how things are going to unfold. And I think that's clearly a a portend of where this series is going to go. This is going to be a hell of a series. This is going to be one that goes down in the record books. I think game one shows that right there. 
Yeah, and again, the, the pitching matchups. Uh, the pitching matchup tonight, uh, Degrom yeah, and Cueto. Degrom and Cueto. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Uh, just that alone is enough to to have me tuned in and uh, and then paying attention because obviously that's a couple of a uh, couple of really you know power pitchers going at each other. Uh, it's hard to see the Royals losing after what they nope. did last night. It, it really is. It's just hard to get somebody last night. I don't know who it was. One of the national baseball writers on Twitter. Uh, I'm talking about it's, it's just hard to get 27 outs against these Royals and beat them. They don't in their stop. Place. They don't uh, stop. It, it really back, is man. because they never give up, and they they've been known all through this postseason and really all last year and last postseason as a come from behind team, a team that not only comes from behind and puts a runner two on you, but can put four or five or six on you uh, in the in the eighth inning and and uh, run away with it. So. Uh, I don't want to say they're inevitable because, you know, Mets pitching is too good to say that. But um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But the Royals look uh, like maybe a, a little bit of a team of destiny, if I can say that. For sure. And as I mentioned earlier, the last 13 series where the home team won game one, they won the World Series. So that portends well. Yesterday it was funny. I saw this on the game preview. It was, you know, one of those weird stats, you know, that, like how timing falls. Yesterday was the 30 year anniversary of the Royals winning game seven and winning the World Series against St. Louis back in 85. And. Uh, the same day yesterday was the 29th anniversary of Daryl Strawberry and the home run that beat uh, the uh, Red Sox in Game 7 when the Mets won the World Series. So yesterday was the 30th and 29th anniversary to the day, respectively, that each club had won the, the World Series back in 85 and 86. Kind of a weird coincidence there, too. Yeah, it is. And the other thing is they're talking about the... Uh... The, this all expansion uh, series, really, I guess, for the first time, uh, early '60s. I mean, both these teams were expansion teams. Uh, early '60s was it '61, '62, I guess, and uh, the first time that we've had a World Series featuring two expansion teams uh, came in the league around the same time. I didn't even. By the way, I wanted to mention too. I heard Bruce saying how it, he he was going back in the record books, to digging in his research to try to find out when the last time somebody hit a. A inside the park home run uh, in a World Series game, let alone the first inning or leading off a World Series game, and and I would just say to Bruce, you know, that's why you need to be on Twitter because within about a minute of that happening, <laughs> that's you know, out there. Twitter had the answer to that question, you know. Yeah, uh, guys that I saw, you know, uh, hasn't happened since 1929 or whatever it was, but it, it couldn't have been 60 seconds after uh, after the you know home run was hit that. Uh, so we had the answer to that question, but uh, maybe Bruce could have saved himself some some research. But anyway, just uh, that, that that's one thing that Twitter is good for. You know, in addition they're, to yes, yes, wasting on wasting colossal amounts of time. Quickly, you just watch them come up, and every Twitter researcher's got them on there. Boom, 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 boom. You'll see the same stat pop up 50 times in a row and go, Mm -hmm. oh, I get it. That was the first time since such and such. Uh, By the way, Mets, all five World Series, they've lost game one, split four, two two and two over the uh, previous four. But every year, this now makes five, yesterday, they've gone to at least one extra innings game every time the Mets have gone to the World Series. So they... They continued that streak yesterday. What do you think tonight? You think Royals go up 2-0 at home, or are the Mets able to get the split? Boy, I don't know. I'd love to see the Mets win and just keep this thing close. I want to see it get away because a series like this, you want to see it go seven. Um, because I really don't have a, a you know terribly 
strong rooting interest either way, right. which is rare. Uh, you know, I, I found that sometimes, and we've talked about this before, sometimes when you, you think you don't have a rooting interest, when you sit down and start watching the game, all of a sudden you realize that you are pulling for one reason, one team or the other, without even really being conscious of, of, of when it happened or, or why it happened. Yeah, how, how uh, did I do and, that? And, and yeah. I caught myself pulling for the Mets last night, and, and uh, so I guess maybe if that holds true, I'm going to be pulling for the Mets uh you know, all through this thing. So I'm hopeful that they can win tonight. Certainly uh, with DeGrom going, they've got a good shot. Uh, but again, people that looked at the matchup before the series thought that it favored the Royals if for the only reason that they are a, uh, a team that makes a lot of contact and they're going to put the ball in play and they're fast and they're good defensively that, that for a, a team facing a power pitching group like the Mets, uh, with, with three of their starters being really uh, power pitchers uh, personified, um, they, they matched up well with them because they are such a good fastball heading team, clutch hitting team, a team that, that uh, puts the bat on the ball and puts it in play and then runs. Uh, so I don't know how, how much of an advantage the Mets have because they maybe have more of a power pitching rotation. Um, in, in this series, it's sort of negated by the, just the way that the Kansas City club plays. I agree. I can't wait to see game two. Hopefully they go seven. We'll find out. Tonight, if you get two TVs going like Bruce, so you can watch them both at the same time or you'll flip back and forth. Cavs and the World Series going tonight. No Buckeyes going this week, Dan. By the way, welcome in, you guys. Just tuning in. Sports Fix, J-Rock, Dan Wismar talking all kinds of things. We're going to talk some football in a moment. Fifteen minutes from now, Tony Brown, voice of the Lake Erie Monsters, joins us. Talk some monsters and Blue Jackets hockey, so looking forward to that. But Dan and I, you know, no Buckeyes to talk about this week, and uh, they'll be getting ready as they've got the bye week here, working on continuing with the switch over. I did want to talk a little Browns with you here in the middle of the week. We talked a lot on Monday about what happened last week and so on and so forth, moving forward. And I'm just going to I'm gonna throw this out here before I bridge into what I wanted to bring up with you because you and I have talked about if changes get made, what changes may get made. I read, read some interesting thoughts on this from some other people, but... Uh, uh, what I read into more than anything is the fact that with all all of everything going on, I love how Mike Patton stood up there and said, hey, man, Josh McCown's going to start on Sunday as long as he's healthy. So we've got nothing else to really, really talk about here, and it's looking like it's that way. But I saw an interesting article. I said, i got to talk to Dan about this, uh, and that kind of sets that up, about how if you look at the Browns and the, the last few years and the way Jimmy Haslam has made changes, that as much as the easy, the easy wisdom the conventional wisdom would be to clean house. If you're going to clean house, you clean house. Or uh, you, you give Ray Farmer perhaps a chance to hire another coach. But in no scenario do most people see Mike Pettin surviving. And I read the opposite. And I said, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Is that in many ways, if you look at it, Jimmy Heslam may not have a choice. I know that the conventional wisdom says you don't force somebody to keep a coach. But replacing your general manager at this point, there's there's a lot of qualified people that you can get to fill front office positions, consultants, different people. There's ways to fill that and deal with that turnover. The replacement of the third coach in a row here in a, in a three-year period basically makes that a much harder thing and how in all business reality, if Jimmy Haslam wants to get out of this cycle, 
he cannot replace them both. He needs to keep the coach entrenched because if he waits one more season, he will at least buy another season of stability so he can offer a higher quality coach a contract if he cuts Mike Pettin's throat, it will be nearly impossible to find a bona fide head coaching candidate, but you can indeed find people to fill your front office roles. What do you think about that? Well, I think that in terms of finding a front office guy, sure, you could find a guy who will take your general manager's position. What If, uh, if you say, if you, one of the conditions of taking that position is, Hey man, you inherit Mike Pettin. He's our coach. He's not going anywhere. What you can't do is get a guy with a track record to take the job if you don't, if you force him to, to buy into the coaching candidate that you've got. Now, I'm not saying you can't find a guy, you know, and I, I keep referring to people like John Gruden, who I don't think is ever coming out of the broadcast booth again. This is a guy Me made neither. for television. Yeah. Um, and he's already won a Super Bowl, so he doesn't have that hunger. Um, even though he has some obviously some local ties, some Ohio ties, he's from Ohio, et cetera. Um, but you can't get a guy of that caliber, a guy who's got a track record, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, who's gotten a ring or two, uh, and, and respect around the league as an established uh, football executive. You don't get that guy to come in and buy sure. into your coach that obviously, you know, has some good qualities that obviously has some flies on it too. Um, so, yeah, you can get a guy, but you may not be able to get the guy that Jimmy Haslam wants uh, to, to buy into that program. Now, again, you, you're just talking about maybe a year, maybe two. Right. You could get a, you know, talk one of those people into coming in and saying, hey, we need somebody to come in who uh, knows how to pick players, first of all, and uh, who knows how to run a baseball team you know, or a football team. You've got you know, a president there, your Alex Shiner types, your guys that – that uh, run the admin side of the house. You need a football guy. Uh, you need a guy who knows how to pick players and has some player personnel background. Um, and maybe the the unwritten uh, silent handshake kind of deal is, hey, you know, we we live with Mike Pettin for one more season, see how it goes. Uh, if it doesn't work, then we can pull the trigger on him a year from now or two years from now, whenever it is. But. I think when you start talking about replacing the general manager, and I think Farmer is is dead man walking. Me too. Uh, and I said the other day, I think the only reason that Patton would be gone is because he would be a casualty of Farmer's uh, demise, and uh, that uh, you know on his on his merits, he deserves to be here probably for another season. Um, but then that that's just my thinking on it. I think to get the high profile guy, the established guy with the track record and the reputation that undoubtedly Jimmy Haslam is looking for. Uh, Petten might be a, a casualty of that process. I will say it's not unheard of, and I know it's easy to make Mike Holmgren jokes because he just wrote a big check and, and cashed it and didn't do anything, but he, he did break tradition when everybody said, hey, now there was special circumstances that was Uncle Fritz's friend or, or, or nephew, and, and he was friends with Fritz and all of that, so that's why Shermer got it. But he did keep the, the coach that was expected to be gone, and he admitted later that he probably should have just went ahead and, and wiped the decks clean, but that's the only... And 
and and that was my thought is is simply that you could convince say I'm just throwing a name out there say a Bill Parcells and I don't think he's possible I just he's a name everybody's heard of say Bill right. Parcells says I'm going to come in and I'll run your franchise I think it's easy for him to realize that firing the coach would cut your nose off to spite your face because how can I promise any coach that he's going to get more than one year if I I need to build this roster. So this guy, he's not terrible. He's not losing me games. I think I can deal with him for at least another season. Let me see if he's any good. If not, now we've got three years since we fired a head coach. Now it becomes an easier sell to, you know, the more established coach. I think you could convince, like you said, that scenario, you could convince a better general manager to do that than, than the other way around. So that was where it made sense to me was that if you're trying to truly break because otherwise you really face the risk no matter how good your general manager is you face the risk of going through the rejects and the uh, coordinators looking for their first shot and that's great one out of a hundred works out but we have yet to find that one out of a hundred that works out yet so that that was where it made sense to me was almost that uh, you're cutting off your nose despite your face but Ray Farmer has to go because he's clearly made enough mistakes that it's now impacting your franchise yeah you're right and and that might be the way to go and the other thing to remember is that jimmy haslam uh probably above all else what does he crave what does he want he wants the respect of his fellow lodge brothers nfl owners yeah um and and you don't get that when your franchise looks like a dumpster fire year to year uh and you're firing coaches left and right the nfl even though we have a lot of turnover. It does value stability and continuity, and the programs that succeed are the programs that have it, and the ones that, you know, it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, obviously, or a vicious circle, however you want to call it, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, that losing uh, begets, uh, you know, turnover, and, and the opposite of that is also true. But, uh, you know, I think Haslam wants the respect of his fellow owners, he knows he won't get that if he fires his coach every two years. And he will be looked at by outsiders as being dysfunctional. And, and so that op, those optics, that perception around the league is something that he wants to avoid. Um, it's interesting that this week there have been interviews with, uh, with Bruce Aarons, uh, you know, who was, of course, offensive coordinator under Butch Davis here, yeah. and, and talking about the Cleveland situation. And, and uh you know, and he, he was quoted as saying, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, I always thought that it would be really great if you could build a winner in Cleveland, how cool that would be, uh, something to that effect. And, and asked why it hasn't happened, you know, he, his statement was very simple and, of course, very true, that it all comes down to a quarterback. So mm-hmm. as much as it comes down to a coach, as much as it comes down to a general manager, it also more and more... <laughs> In, in today's NFL, it comes down to a quarterback, let's face it, and we've had 22 or 23 of them uh, that, that haven't been the guy. And uh, no matter who your coach or GM is, till you get that guy, um, it's uh, not, not happening. And let me ask you about that. McCown's going to start here this weekend, barring any kind of medical setback. I'm all for that. I think it speaks a lot to the mindset of the this team, at least as far as how they feel about Johnny Manziel. Because once again, this was a situation where it was an easy call if you wanted to go that way. And they, they 
went the exact opposite way of the grain. Here's something that I don't think the Johnny guys and the people that say, well, who cares? Throw the season out. Let McCown go to the bench. Uh, maybe something you don't realize is that the Cardinals defense is the fourth ranked defense in the NFL. That is the third week in a row that the Browns will face a defense in the top 10 in the NFL. And I say again, while Josh McCown did not win any, you know, Heisman trophies or 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 Jim Thorpe awards or anything in the last couple of weeks, think about what he did in that vein as well against two consecutive top 10 defenses that he faced and the Cardinals here will be the third in a row I too would be putting the veteran out there against a strong defense like the Cardinals no doubt about it but I think that this just shows maybe not the whole organization but the part that's called the head coach has has clearly got their direction with this team and they are going to wait until the mandate comes from on high to put the kid in the game or until McCown breaks his that's it. That's it. Or, or, One or, or the other. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. They, they've made up their mind. And I think it is the whole organization, top to bottom. Me uh, too. Very, you know, uh, that, that Except maybe Farmer. Right down to maybe the, Farmer. Right down to the last player on the 53-man <laughs> roster. Um, or let's leave Johnny out of it and say 52. 52, uh, yeah. Guys are, are in favor of McCown. Uh, so it's just like any other NFL team would do. It's nothing terribly out of the ordinary to say, if my starting quarterback is healthy, he'll be the starting quarterback. You know, that yep. just stands to reason. Yep. Um, and so uh, I'm glad to hear that McCown's shoulder injury isn't thought to be all that serious. I think he's already proven several times over that he's the best quarterback we have, and we know that Mike Pettin is coaching for his job. And so there is a difference. Even though there might not be a difference to the fan between 4-12 and 12 and 7-9, and nine, there certainly is to Mike Pettin uh, and uh, and the rest of his staff. So that's what they're coaching for, and uh, you know their best chance to win. They they've already voted with their with their starting lineup uh, several times on who they think gives them the best chance to win football games. Yeah, sure. And guess what? Next week makes the fourth consecutive week that you'll face one of the top defenses in the league, and you'll have the, right now, as of now, undefeated Cincinnati Bengals just four days later in uh, in in that Thursday night game. So uh, it's a while before you get to Pittsburgh here. You got two tough ones in a row. What do you think? Back at home against Arizona? I mean, it is what it is. What do you see happening this weekend? You'll be there. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there, and, and Arizona has been, even though you know they look strong at times, they've been a little bit up and down too. Um, and so, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I, I certainly don't have a, you know, very clear crystal ball on on what happens this Sunday. You know, the Browns are hungry. Uh, you know, they've been in games, and and uh, yep. nobody's been blowing them out. Uh, this even even the past week, uh, the score being what it was. Uh, well, you know, don't consider that game a blowout. You, you turn the ball over four times, you're going to have a points deficit. But they weren't necessarily outplayed by that much, uh, you know, from start to finish. Um, they, they looked bad uh, turning the ball over four times, but that's, uh, you know, uh, I thought they were certainly competitive. And, you know, they've been competitive in most every game since uh, since week one. Um you know, like I said, we'll be there. They'll show up. It'll be an <laughs> NFL game. I, I don't. I don't have a prediction. I certainly, at this stage of the game, they're 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 one of they're in the top half of the league, the Cardinals, and we're in the bottom half of the league. And uh, you know, we have some home field advantage. But I, I got no no real wisdom to share with you in terms of you know what I think is going to happen. It's uh, 
It's always a crapshoot every Sunday in the NFL. Dan keeps his pick safe. He says, you know what I can tell you? We'll be there. You know what else I can tell you? There will be an NFL game happening at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That, that's Other- right. I'm sorry if that's a, if that's a sorry <laughs> take, uh, you know. Other than that, I got nothing you know, for you. So we'll see what happens on on Sunday. I, I will say this: there's two. Uh, there, there's I, I did notice talking about Browns and, and our yeah. turnover of uh, head coaches. The Miami job uh, is open, of course. Uh, Miami Hurricanes job, and and uh, two two ex Browns head coaches are, are probably among the top three candidates. Butch Davis, for that job. you got to think. Butch Davis, Butch right? Davis, and, and Rob Chudzinski. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, you know, he's a former Hurricane player, and and he's a, yep. he would be a a safe choice yep. for them, a uh, sort of a popular choice with, with some of the players, maybe or or fans of the team. And he does, you know, has the attraction of having been at least for a uh, a cup of coffee uh, an, an NFL head coach. Uh, and uh, Mario Cristobal, another guy uh, who's assistant at Alabama, it would be. Maybe the top choice right now if they decide not to go with if Butch Davis is too tainted for them with the uh, North Carolina scandals he went through. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that two of the top three contenders are guys that are uh, probably still catching uh, guys, checks yeah. from uh, Cleveland Browns yeah. uh, when they they get to go to the mailbox every couple of weeks and cash a paycheck. Uh, Butch Davis may still uh, be cashing. I think I think so Butch got paid off in one one twelve million dollar uh, severance. Chud's still but, getting a uh, check. Chud's still, still cashing checks, yeah. <laughs> he was cashing checks the whole time he was fired from the offensive coordinator gig. When he got hired as the head coach, it turned out that he had still been getting a regular paycheck. Like So they just added his new coaching money to the regular paycheck that they were already paying him anyway. He wasn't even off the payroll. He was coaching for other teams, came back here and was, oh, information still the same? Direct deposit? All right, good. We've, we've already got you on file, man. So Exactly. And then speaking <laughs> of coaching vacancies, uh, uh, Jerry Kill resigned this morning. I don't know if I you saw that. that. Minnesota yeah. coach. Uh, kind yeah. of a sad situation there with his... Uh, Seizure disorders, epilepsy, epilepsy yes. or whatever, and uh, good guy, one of the good guys, uh, basically is saying he's hanging up because his health just won't let him continue. Leaves three Big Ten jobs open uh, already, and it's only week nine, yeah. so uh, just uh, some 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 big time college jobs already uh, still uh, open. Uh, Miami, USC, South Carolina, and plus the, the three jobs in the Big Ten: Illinois, Maryland, and uh, and now Minnesota. Uh, Coaching carousel is going to be what it always is, I guess, but it just seems to be starting early this year. Yeah, definitely. It's starting the NFL too. We'll t- I want to talk about that next week too. When we're talking about potential changes, look at the look at the change of culture Dan Campbell brought to the uh, to the Miami Dolphins. Let's talk some of that next week. We'll see what the Browns do. We'll see you. You'll be up there up close and personal. No Buckeyes, but we'll talk Browns World Series. Cavs will have a couple games under their belts, and we'll do all that when you come back on Monday. That sounds great, Jerry. Good to be with you as usual. Thanks again. You got it. Thanks for being here. That's Dan Wismar. You guys can check out his writings on the Cleveland Fan on everybodyhatescleveland.com. And he's here Mondays and Wednesdays live on the Sports Fix. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Tony Brown, the play-by-play man for your Lake Erie Monsters, will be live with us. We'll talk some Blue Jackets changes and some Monsters hockey and more. Don't go away. Plenty of Sports Fix coming up next with Tony Brown from the Lake Erie Monsters next on The Fix.
There's something, I say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. Throwing you the best sports commentary in town. The Sports Fix. Hey guys, before we go to the break, I want to talk to you a little bit again about our good friends at Harry Buffalo North Olmsted, the UFC, the ultimate fighting championships, some of the hottest fights in the world today, each and every one of their huge events. Harry Buffalo is one of the few places in Northeast Ohio you can go there and watch each and every UFC fight at the Harry Buffalo. And let me tell you, I've been there. The people are out the door. They are to the rafters. It is one of the craziest environments for some UFC fights. Wing Mondays, they've got great deals on wings and drinks. And every day of the week, there's a different special, a different deal. And don't forget the Bison Burger, the unbelievable. It is the combination of a fantastic burger and eating healthy combined into one unbelievable sandwich you have got to get a bison burger while you're there so whatever you're looking for whatever day of the week monday through friday saturday sundays there's something for you at the harry buffalo north olmstead just outside great northern mall check them out today harry buffalo join the herd Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Fantasy Jocks. Looking to upgrade your league trophy? Check out fantasyjocks.com for championship belts, rings, trophies and more. Fantasy sports lovers, you put so much time, hard work, and effort into playing week to week that it quickly stops being a fantasy and, and starts start getting, getting real. Real. real time spent making real decisions, creating real victory. I'm the greatest man in the world! And when the smoke clears, you want to show off those victories with a real prize. I mean, a really real prize. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody does, does that, that like, like Fantasy, Fantasy Jocks. Jocks. The crew over at Fantasy Jocks have beautiful, high-quality, and heavy-duty championship belts, rings, trophies, and so much more for all your fantasy sports needs. The trophy's 12 feet high, and it is glorious! Football, baseball, hoops, you name it, they have it. Plus, they have awesome draft kits and party supplies to make all your preseason activities the envy of everyone. If your league needs a ring, belt, or trophy, or you want to upgrade what you already have, there's literally only one place to go. If you're going to be a fantasy jock, do it right. It's mine. The most magnificent, and it's mine. With America's fantasy sports superstore, fantasyjocks.com. Sports Fix listeners, like us on Facebook today. Facebook.com slash the Sports Fix. Hey, everybody. Listen up. Listen up, guys. Hey, guys. Listen, listen up. up. No one should ever hit a woman. Not their wife, not their girlfriend, not their date. No woman should have to fear violence, especially not from someone they know and trust. But that's the reality for too many women. We have to change it. It's up to each of us, because even one is too many. Violence against women hurts all of us. Growing up, I was ashamed and afraid of my father when he abused my mom. The worst abuse of power is when a man raises his hand to hurt a woman. We all have to take responsibility. So if you see someone threatening a woman, step up, speak out, and get help. Dating violence hurts all of us. So step up and help end it. Because one is too many. One is too many. One is too many. One is too many. End the violence. Because it's wrong. Because one, one is too many. Hey, Cleveland, this is Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're listening to Sports Fix. Feel like a monster. The secret side of me 
I never let you see I keep it caged but I can't control it So stay away from me The beast is ugly I feel the rage and I just can't hold it It's scratching on the Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live You hear it in the background Feeling like a monster J-Rock back with you Tony Brown's gonna feel like a monster with me here in just a moment The play-by-play man for your Lake Erie monsters Welcome back in Those of you with us Thanks to Dan Wismar from Everybody Hates Cleveland for joining us And thanks to each and every one of you. However you're enjoying the show, thank you so much. And hey, do me a favor. Click the share button wherever you're at. Whether you're listening on TuneIn or Spreaker or iHeartRadio or any of the dozens of other sites that you may be listening on, click share. Tell somebody else to listen. Tell them, hey, Tony Brown from the Monsters is getting ready to join us. Tell them to come get their fix as well. You guys can keep the conversation going on Facebook and Twitter and email. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Twitter at the sports fix. C L E email the sports fix at AOL.com. I'm going to go to the phones. You can't call because Tony Brown is already there, chilling like a villain on the hotline. Tony, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing awesome. A, a nice, uh, rainy, blustery day here in downtown Cleveland. I have to be with you, man. Hey, glad to have you here with us. And last week, you were up in the, the Great White North up there as the Monsters had a, a double shot with the Manitoba Moose. But before we talk Monsters, I wanted to rewind back. It's been a couple of weeks since you and I talked, and already on the parent level, some major changes as they have made a head coaching change and brought in a very respected head coach. Talk to me a little bit about the changes with the Blue Jackets. Well, yeah, you know, it's not the start uh, you would have hoped for if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets, no doubt about that. But uh, after an 0-8 start to the season, they decided it was time to make a coaching change. And for teams that struggle in the early part of the year, you know, uh, accountability is critical. and It all starts with the head coach. And so Todd Richards, who uh, uh, was relieved of his duties, he'd probably be the first guy to tell you that. Um, his team wasn't performing. That lands on him. And so uh, in comes, uh, out goes Coach Richards, in comes John Tortorella, a guy who's won more hockey games uh, than anybody in the NHL as a head coach uh, that is American-born. Um, he won the Stanley Cup in 2004 with the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, had some very good teams with the New York Rangers, and uh, it's sort of a failed experiment year before last out in Vancouver for him, but uh, joins the Blue Jackets now, and what a great opportunity for any head coach, I mean, he's been out of the game for a little while, and, and to come back and be able to work with a group that was so highly touted to start the year, a, a group of players that a lot of people thought would be a team that could not only make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but maybe even be a contender in that yeah. Eastern Conference. So uh, to come in and, and have uh, all this great talent to work with has to be a dream for, for Coach Tortorella. And uh, big win last night for Columbus over the New Jersey Devils. They've now won two in a row, and two out of the three games since Coach uh, took over. So... Things are definitely uh, turning around, and, and you know this. I mean, early in the season, a bad start can get blown out of proportion to an extent. Uh, you know, they play a heck of a lot of games in the National Hockey League, and so eight games is not a season make, and already the turnaround is in progress. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about that uh, with the Cavaliers at the beginning of the show. And we, we joke about the, uh, you know, don't let David Blatt lose tonight and make it 0-2 to start the season because here comes the words hot seat and all that stuff comes out early. Like you say, it's easy to, to, to keep uh, – to keep to lose focus of the 82 game season, but when you've got the high expectation, that's different than a, a different team or like a different circumstance. Like the Cavs have high high expectations for the final result. The Blue Jackets. 
like it's had high expectations, as you said. So that kind of mounts that bad start and makes it perhaps have even more weight than it would have. But uh, were you surprised to see a change made that quickly, or or did you feel, hey, that this this needed to happen? Well, you know, I mean, when when you ask yourself who's to blame for an zero and eight start, uh, to to think that a head coach or one guy even in particular, whether that be a coach or a player, to think that they're the difference is probably um, not really the case. However, uh, sort of like I, I mentioned a, a little while ago, an 0-8 start is unacceptable for any pro sports organization, and especially one with the expectations the Blue Jackets had coming into the season. So, uh, you know, somebody has to uh, somebody has to answer to that. In this case, yeah. it was Coach Richards, and, and uh, you know, Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kikalainen, uh, you know, you think about it from his perspective, you, you have to do something. You can't send the message to your fans um, or even to your, your ownership that uh, 0-8 is, is somehow okay or something that we could get over or be acceptable. So uh, a change had to be made. The logical thing to do would be to make a change yep. at the top in terms of the hockey operations department. That's what they saw fit to do. And I think if you're Columbus or you're a Blue Jackets fan, you have to feel fortunate that a guy with the resume and the accomplishments of John Tortorella was available. And, yep. uh, you know, so, so it's a good situation going forward and, and – uh, Obviously, we're very eager to see how things uh, pan out, but but I think that uh, Blue Jackets fans should feel good about the direction that team is heading this year. I agree. It's funny when Tortorella was hired. I I I defer to some of my friends and colleagues that have more hockey knowledge than I do. I had two different people come back to me. One thought it was a great hiring. The other one is a Canucks fan, so therefore he had a, a little bit of a different view on the the coach. He of course felt that there were some issues there when he was in Vancouver, but he goes, "Hey, ruined my Canucks." So good 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 luck yeah. with the Blue Jackets. But uh, well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that there were, and I think that. Uh, you know, if you ask Coach Tortorella, he'd probably be the first to tell you that that just wasn't a, a really good fit out there. If you'll remember, he was uh, with New York, was relieved of his duties yes. with the Rangers, and uh, went out to Vancouver. And Vancouver's former head coach, Elaine Vigneault, took Tort's old job uh, in New York. So it was kind of a swap of coaches there. It worked out great for Coach Vigneault and, and the Rangers. As, uh, you know, they've been to the Stanley Cup Finals here recently, but uh, in Vancouver just never was a, a real good fit. And uh, so... Uh, you sort of hit the reset button, and a guy like John Tortorella, who's accomplished all he has in the NHL in his career, uh, he knew another opportunity was going to be there for him, and it was only a matter of time, and it ended up uh, in Columbus. And so I and think both parties have to feel pretty fortunate. Yeah, and hopefully that this can continue with the turnaround, as you said, two in a row now, four points picked up quickly, and that that would be one of the rare cases. A lot of times when teams make those changes, because it, it's more than just one guy, as you said, you can't trade out all the players, so you trade the coach. But we saw here in this situation and in Miami in the NFL with Dan Campbell, those are two recent situations where a new coach has come in and gotten some early results. So hopefully he can continue to right the ship down there in Columbus. Yeah, hopefully that's that's definitely the hope, and I think it's something that uh, I expect to see and a lot of people around the National Hockey League expect to see as well. Um, you know, changing the coach doesn't necessarily mean the new guy can install all his systems overnight and, and that he can, you know, have the full grasp and understanding of the players he has at his disposal instantly, but it does send a message to every guy in that dressing room, every fan out there, that uh, what was happening is not okay and we're going to do something about it. And uh, sort of sometimes that that's all it takes, something to shake the players out of whatever, uh, you know, valley they were in and get them to start heading uphill again. 
Let's switch gears and talk about the, that's the parent franchise for the Lake Erie Monsters, Tony, and the Monsters. We didn't talk last week because you were up north in, in the uh, in the great white north up there. Manitoba, double shot over three days, and the Monsters took both games, three to one score in game one, and then the, they followed it up on Saturday with a two-zip win there and were able to sweep the series up there. Yeah, it was uh, really a tremendous result both nights for the Monsters, and uh you know, early in the season with any team, but especially one that has so many young players like the Monsters do this year, great to get on the road for an extended period of time. So it was a split yeah. Thursday-Saturday series with an off day on Friday in Winnipeg and really gave our players a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. And, and uh, you know, and when that stuff was all out of the way, also a great chance to play some really good hockey and get four big points in the standings, too. Um, on Thursday night, a uh, really solid outing from uh, Anton Forsberg, one of the two goaltenders for the Monsters. And Michael Chapu was the big uh, big hero with a couple of goals, including the game winner. And then the next uh, next game on Saturday after a Friday off day where the guys got to watch the uh, NHL's Winnipeg Jets play uh, Tampa Bay. That was kind of a fun little outing uh, as, of course, uh, the Jets and the Moose share the MTS Center, which is a beautiful uh, underrated NHL venue in the heart of downtown Winnipeg. On Saturday, it was just more of the same. Uh, the Monsters uh, got out to a great start, put a lot of shots on net, hit four or five uh, posts in the early going of that game. Ended up being low scoring, but a 2 nothing win. And Jonas Corpusalo is the big headline after that one. He's the Monsters' other goaltender besides Forsberg. Made 29 saves to register his second consecutive shutout to start the year. Uh, his first outing was a one nothing shootout loss uh, back on the 17th at the queue. Um, so he registers a shutout in that game, but doesn't get the win. This time he did, and Shapu uh, had another goal, so he's another big uh, headliner for the weekend. But really just four big points, two big wins, and now through five games at 3-1-0-1, the Monsters tied for the second-best start in franchise history in the yeah. first five games of the season. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Monsters fan, and, and it's certainly uh, the pump is primed for a lot of great hockey going forward. That's what I was going to ask you, because Doug and I used to talk about the slow starts for the last couple of seasons and having to dig your way out of those holes later in the season, always chasing points. And, and we, we, you know, while that's fun for us on the broadcasting end and looking ahead to this and that, uh, we always talked about how the early season games count just as much. And it appears that they have uh, definitely been focused on that early. And you mentioned something else Doug and I used to talk about a lot is the early long road trips and the fact that it, just as you said, those are good. Some people say, oh, well, I don't know if I'd want my team to do that. But if you're smart, I think you do because it, it leads you to bunker down. It's us against the world. We're on the road. We get to know each other. All of those things uh, really are team-building things. So to have it very early in the season can do nothing but help. No, it, absolutely it does. It's it's really big for, for any team. And, you know, I talked to a couple specific guys prior to those games and just the interviews we do to get ready for these broadcasts, uh, Jamie Cyphers is a veteran guy in his 10th year pro. He's played in the NHL. He's one of the uh, elder statesmen here in, uh, in this Lake Erie dressing room. And, and he was adamant that uh, he thinks it is a huge opportunity and a huge break for a team that is so young this year to have the chance to come together on the road early in the season. And that trip, you know, you think two games, okay, Thursday, Saturday, but you don't think about the fact you're traveling the day before. You have a full day uh, in between the two games to, to sort of spend time with one another, get meals, uh, you know, find things to do to keep yourself busy on the road. And then uh, Saturday and all the travel on the tail end of that the next day on Sunday. So it really turns into a five, six-day trip in which these guys are uh, together 
essentially 24-7. And uh, it's that uh, getting comfortable and it's that, uh, you know, familiarity that you have that translates onto the onto the ice. And, and frankly, the Monsters saw it uh, this weekend. Yeah, extremely valuable for a young team. Now they come back home for a couple. Let's see. They've got the Thanksgiving. Actually, no, they've got the Thursday night game first before we even jump ahead to the Halloween party. They've got Charlotte here at the queue. That'll be tomorrow, Thursday. And then the same Charlotte Checkers team Saturday, Halloween night. Talk to me a bit about that. Any promotions in these two coming up? And what kind of fun can be had at the queue this weekend? Yeah, well, of course, Halloween uh, Halloween party coming up on uh, Saturday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Both these games at 7 o'clock at the queue. Um, on Saturday, costume party. You can take the kids out, go trick-or-treating on the concourse at the queue. Going to be a lot of fun there. On Thursday, though, it's a college ID night, as all our weekday games are this year. So a valid college ID gets you a $6 ticket. I think it's the best deal in uh, Cleveland sports right there to come out and enjoy the Monsters. Uh, and the opponent, yeah, the Charlotte Checkers both nights, uh, a team that this is uh, they're sort of highlighting one of the quirks in the AHL standings this year. Uh, they have 10 points now after a uh, 2-1 shootout win on the road last night in Rockford, but yet they are behind in the standings to the uh, Monsters, who have just seven points, because uh, the teams in the Pacific Division this year play fewer games than the teams in the rest of the league, so it's not points, the point percentage dictating the placement in the standings. So uh, despite the fact that Charlotte... When you look at it uh, at, at first glance there in the box score, you see that they have more points. They're actually third place in the Central Division right now, all the Monsters with a 70% points percentage are tied for first. So all of that is minutia and only illustrates the fact the Monsters are tied for first place after five games, and I don't know where else you'd want to be in the state. Now, there you go. Guys, get down there to the queue. I don't know where else you'd want to be this weekend. And the queue's going to be rocking. You got the Monsters on Thursday and Saturday. Cavs start things on Friday night. Going to be a, a weekend long party at Quicken Loans Arena this weekend. And uh, I don't know. What else do you follow outside of hockey? I know it keeps you very busy. Are you into the World Series? Did you watch the Cavs last night? What are your outside of hockey sports interests? Well, of course, uh, love the Cavs. Very excited that uh, they're back and playing. And, uh, you know, tough game to start the year, but but uh, so much excitement heading into this season around the queue and around the organization. I did uh, keep my eye on the World Series last night, and for a broadcast guy, I thought the most fascinating thing, and this is saying something in a game that started with a first pitch inside the park home run, but the most <laughs> fascinating thing for me was all the troubles that Fox Sports had when they lost power with their broadcast. Yeah. And I'm thinking yeah. about uh, things from Matt Vaskersian's perspective. He's a longtime uh, Major League Baseball announcer, spent time with the Padres, with the Brewers previously. He was calling the game with John Smoltz on MLB's international feed, MLB Network's feed. And, uh, you know, so you're happy to be covering the World Series, sure, but you're doing so in relative uh, anonymity there on the, on the international feed. And then all of a sudden, due to Fox's problems, you're calling the game for the entire U.S. television audience. Uh, so that had to be a thrill for him. And then a completely bizarre scene where after a half inning or so, with Fox unable to resolve their issues, Joe Buck actually comes into the booth with Harold Reynolds and, the, and Tom Verducci, the rest of the broadcast team for Fox, pats old Matt Vaskirchen on the shoulder and says, hey, give me your headset, we're taking over. And to deal with that situation <laughs> on the air uh, from a broadcaster's perspective, I was just fascinated trying to think yeah. what I would do in that situation and uh, just a, a you know a, a certainly for Fox uh, uh, something they wish would never have happened uh, on that big stage but definitely definitely a memorable moment and not to detract from the game on the field which was a fantastic uh, classic World Series game by the way but uh, 
just uh, kind of a funny thing to think about. Something that uh, that I enjoyed following last night. Me too, because we're in the same uh, in the same genre here. I, I would tap him out. All right, son. Good good job, kid. Now uh, step aside here. I'm going to go ahead and uh, the, the the boss wants me to sit down here in the big seat. Yeah, if so. I'm Vascursion, I'm saying, hey, uh, fine, you can have my headset as long as I can have your paycheck for tonight. You know, you know, do I still am I getting paid for this still? I mean, what what's going on here, man? No, I'm with you. It's fun to, and I always notice that whenever there's, uh, do you ever catch yourself if you're listening to any game on the radio because you're a broadcaster guy do you ever catch yourself noticing all of the uh technical faux pas during the game if they play the uh the id while the guy is talking or if they <laughs> if they miss the five minute window at the top of the hour little things like that you notice those because i do i go man somebody somebody's in trouble right now they didn't play the id it's like 15 after man you know and <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 less uh, noticing the the problems that are there, and certainly you pick some of those up. But it's more empathizing with the guys that are putting yes. the broadcast on when things go wrong, and just sort of seeing uh, situations and games unfold or technical problems, and being able to relate to those from the previous uh, you know instances in your career. It's it's um, yep. definitely a bit of a fraternity, I would say, of professional <laughs> broadcasting. And so when issues arise, you can't help but feel for the guys who uh, have to deal with it right there because. You know, you've done it time and time again in your career. So, uh, sure. it, you know, it's it, it's fun to follow, and it definitely adds a, a little bit of depth to that uh, sports viewing experience that's kind of fun to, to have. Yeah, anytime the spot doesn't play and there's dead air, I'm like, hey, man, that guy was on a cell phone, wasn't paying attention when they kicked it back to the break or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know somebody's all... getting yelled at on Monday, yeah, that's for sure. You know it, yeah. you know it, but I'm with you, and I always feel for him, too. Tony, great catching up with you, and uh, we'll keep doing this. It's a lot of fun talking hockey with you, and the season is, is just beginning, man. Absolutely. Uh, can't thank you enough for having me and, and looking forward to future conversations, and uh, have a great rest of the show. Thanks again. You, too. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up next week. Okay, sounds great. You got it. Tony Brown, Lake Erie Monsters, play-by-play man. You can hear him on the radio broadcast, the television as well, of your Lake Erie Monsters. Check out LakeErieMonsters.com for all of their uh, broadcasting information. And you can check him out every every week or two here on the Sports Fix throughout the season. Thanks to Tony for joining us, and thanks to you guys as well. Speaking of joining us, coming up on Friday, it's going to be a lot of fun as we get our first Talk of the season with the head coach of the CSU Vikings men's basketball team is Coach Gary Waters will be in the house. We'll preview their Halloween event as they open up the doors for kids and get a practice in and a scrimmage. And then they're, I think, two weeks away. I think November 14th, I believe, the Vikings kick off the season. So we're going to talk about that with Coach Waters. Can't wait to catch up with him a little bit on the show, and we'll see what he's been up to getting his Viking squad ready this summer. All the Friday fun will be here. B.J. Riddell, fantasy football for winners. We'll get Mike Brandeberry in on the conversation. Jonathan Knight hopefully can stop by as well. The sports writer extraordinaire will preview the Browns and the Arizona Cardinals. No Buckeyes game this weekend, but there'll be Cavs action to talk about. World Series games continue, and I think we'll be looking at three and four over the course of this weekend and more. So tons of things to do this weekend. A very loaded slate as well. Friday night, for those of you guys that that do the whole Friday Night Lights thing with me. Going to be a lot of fun. I am the game of the week this week. 
1330 a.m. I'll be on the radio broadcast as well as online. You can catch me on 1330 a.m. or com this Friday night. Final regular season broadcast should be a good one as the mentor fighting Cardinals travel to Illyria to take on Illyria High School. I can't lie. I don't know what Illyria High School is. For some reason, it's slipping. I, I can't remember. I did know. But anyways, the mascot is slipping me. But it'll be Menor and it'll be Illyria, and it'll be live on 13.30 a.m. this weekend, Friday night. I'll be calling the action with Ed Doherty, the voice of the St. Ignatius Wildcats. It'll be my first chance doing some action with Ed. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Friday, we have got a lot to get into, and I'm looking forward to kicking it off right here noon when we do the sports fix so make sure you're here with us as well coach waters will be batting lead off 10 minutes after 12 he'll be with us top of the show leading it off coach gary waters we've got so much more all coming your way so be here friday until then enjoy the Cavs, grizzlies tonight enjoy world series game two we got so much more going on between now and then there'll be some thursday night football and then be here noon friday until then Have a great time. We love you, Cleveland, beyond wherever you're at. And we will see you Friday right here on The Fix. So much hate up in this city, bitty city If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere Put your hands up in the air, everybody say yeah, yeah, yeah